Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? How's it going, man? Hello, Trisden. Good to see you. Yeah, back again. Yeah, always good to be uh, chatting about the things we want to talk about when we want to talk about. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, and we got a big show today. This is going to be a fun one. We've got a fun guest. Now, this is going to be a cool show because Philip is somebody whose show we've been on. So Philip has a real show. We've sort of got like a little, a little show, but uh, like our <laughs> goal is to, to try and be, you know, what Philip has done. So, um, yeah, he's a ex-military smart guy, a lot of fun to talk to. We had a great time arguing with him on his podcast. We might argue with him a little bit on ours, but really, you know, just uh, I think today is just going to be more hearing cool stories about him in the in the service. Oh, you know, actually, that's right. I was going to say this is Philip's second uh, uh, appearance, but we were on his show. So Philip is new to our audience. That's right. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's great. That's great. And so I won't uh, stutter through trying to plug his show, but it definitely, you know, I, I hope all 1,800 of our uh, listeners will, will jump immediately over and check out his show, too, because it's uh, sure. a phenomenal show. Yeah, so, Absolutely. Um, so here's a couple of cool things. So uh, we've got Extreme Common Sense T-shirts now. I'm oh, not really nice. trying. Yeah, I don't want to sell them or anything like that. But like, if anybody wants one, like, just follow us on Facebook and hit me up. Give and, them the friends. Yeah, we'll just we'll just give them to you. If you like, if you listen, if you're a listener, we'll give you a damn T-shirt. So so check us out. That's and excellent. Us and, yeah, and and you don't have to do this, but if you would share some of our stuff or rate and review that kind of thing, then you feel like you've earned the shirt, and we would appreciate that even more. There you go. I like that. So, and here's something, Ray, a little bit political. I've met with uh, some folks from Ohio. I sold a Cadillac convertible that I had the other day on Facebook Marketplace. And just the nicest folks you'd ever want to meet. Like, they drove down there, probably maybe a touch older than you, mid-60s-ish. You know, AARP cards, nice folks. Really, you know, (laughs) nice husband and wife. And uh, obviously never met these folks before. And the guy shows up with a fuck Joe Biden T-shirt on. Oh, did he? Yeah. And I just think to myself again, uh, why do you do that? Why in public are you going to support the the fuck Joe Biden T-shirt? Now, his wife, his wife was much more classy. She had a shirt that I had not seen yet, but it was the Donald Trump signature, kind of his scribbled up signature. On okay. the shirt. And it actually took me a minute to figure out what that was, but I was like, ah, it's the, it's the Donald signature. But Yeah, he's got a pretty uh, distinct autograph. Yeah. So, wow, that uh, is wild, though, huh? Just wearing it out in public, no big deal. That's it. But, huh. you know, and th- this is what social media, I think, has done. Is like you'll meet the nicest people in the world, but due to, you know, I mean, I guess in this case it's the T-shirts, but most of the time it's like, we don't need to know your crazy views on everything. Not that, you know, <laughs> Donald Trump necessarily or whatever is a crazy view, but we happen to know everybody's crazy views on everything. You know, yep. I've, I, we've got folks in our town that 
like why would you post that like don't stop doing that people everybody knows once you post that it's not just going to the three people that like it so no that's right yeah but anyway i just thought you know and that's crazy and these were the type of people ray that they would have stopped to help if you broke down on on the side of the road nice in every way but isn't that crazy but fuck your candidate you know (laughs) like okay (laughs) all right nice folks that's wild yeah anything going on in your life no, I've made it to Bucky's. I wonder if Philip knows Bucky's. I think it's a Texas outfit. Yeah, we've uh, we got one here in Madison County. Have you been, Tristan? You know what? I'm the last person alive in the county to not it's go to Bucky's. Quite an operation, man. It really is something. Yeah, it's you like, got to stop in. Gas is a little bit cheaper, and you're never going to have to wait. There's something like 110 bumps. Unbelievable! It's a you cool passed spot. it on. Yes, passed it a million. Oh, no, it's a great times spot I'm, for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm great not spot. An- yeah, I'm glad the exit got something. I don't know if it's right. like the world's biggest gas station I wanted for it, but something was good. <laughs> but I hear the it's a whole retail really shop, man. There's 35, 40,000 feet of retail space. Nice. Yeah, it looks like the Walmart of gas stations. Like there's it a is. clothing area, right? Like you can shop yeah, for yeah, clothes we'll ha- and Bucky's. We'll, we'll have to ask Philip because I'm sure being a Texas guy, because I believe they're out of Texas. So it's a it's a pretty cool place. It's it's a destination, and the brisket is the bomb. The brisket is a darn good sandwich. Nice. It really is. Yeah. Texas, man. The beef is good. (laughs) Yeah. Everything a little bigger, I'm told. That's right. (laughs) All right. So without further ado, should we get the open and closed door sound effect ready and bring Philip in? (laughs) Yeah. Nice. We will. All right. Let's bring him in. Sound effect here. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Philip, how's it going, man? Man, how are you guys doing? I'm good, Philip. So I got to ask you. I mean, we, we might as well start. You know, Bucky's. Oh, of course. You okay. Know, I mean, you you can't you can't throw a rock without hitting a Bucky's on the interstate around here. Okay. Nice. It, it was I right out of Texas? Oh yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. It, it's out of Texas, and, and your description was perfect, right? It is the Walmart of <laughs> of gas stations because yeah. I mean you you can you can get used boogers only picked once from Bucky's if you, <laughs> that's what you choose. I mean they sell everything. Yeah, yeah, it's a neat little store, or not not little. It's a neat neat destination, and I'm going to say their business is good. And it's funny when they were building it, figured oh this is a truck stop. No trucks, man. They do not want tractor trailers. This is for people traveling. This is for the ice, you know, the interstate travelers. You, you know, and I've never, not one time ever seen all of their pumps. I've never seen anybody in line to yes. get gas there. And That's that exactly amazing. right. Amazing. Their operation is amazing. It, it, it is and an I'm amazing told, operation. It really is. I hear they clean their bathrooms after every use. It's incredible. <laughs> no, seriously, and that's what somebody said. You know, that's no joke. It's the cl- and and you know, not to be sexist, but that's attractive to women, right? If you can find yes. a clean bathroom, and it is amazing, Tristan. I mean, they do. There are two attendants in there, and the, it's the cleanest bathroom you're ever going to go in. And that's part of a really cool business model. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that that, that people. If you want to run a successful business, a good interstate. Not necessarily a truck stop, but a rest area. Man, right. Bucky's has the model. Of yes. Nice. Yeah, so we're fortunate to have it in Madison County. Uh, 400 jobs, I think, they brought to the county. Because they only opened uh, about two weeks ago. They opened like the 19th of April. So uh, it's it's new and it's, you know, a lot of social media and people going down. But, yeah, it's, it's a very cool place. Nice. So uh, 
Philip, before we get started, man, I just wanted to, to start the show with saying a very, very sorry to hear that your father passed away. I saw on your social media. Oh, absolutely, uh, Philip. Thank you. Man, having lost yeah. a, a mother, you know, at this point, it's been five years ago, but still feels like, you know, just yesterday. And I, I know Ray's lost a mom as well, and I guess and a dad. And, you know, yes, our, our heart just goes out to you, brother. Oh, man, I, I appreciate it. You know, there's, you know, there, there, you know, there's, there's different stages of grief and loss, and 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 each one of them affects us differently. And and I appreciate you guys both taking time. Uh, that means a lot. You guys, y'all are some class acts. Absolutely, our sympathies, Philip. Absolutely. How old was Dad? Uh, he was fifty-three, sir. Oh wow, young yeah. man. Okay. Yeah, my mom man, was fifty-five. Is... So I yeah, <laughs> that's that's it, man. It's just. Uh, you expect that in eighties, nineties. You do not expect yeah. that in mid fifties. You just don't. Yeah. Well, it was you know you know and you know let's say it was uh, COVID pneumonia is is what mm. it was. That was the one that grabbed him. Um, yeah, I mean, and the thing is, I mean, he'd already had COVID before, and he, I guess, he'd beat it, and you know, they said he'd beat it, and uh, he got it the second time, and that was that was the one that did him. That's nah, terrible. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Can't you know just nothing but horrible to, to hear that and yeah so yeah thinking about you don't pray much but praying for you and you know all the best well, i sure. do appreciate it brother i do appreciate it absolutely indeed so yeah, i don't know if there's a great segue um into that into talking about your service and and sort of what you do but philip if you want man tell us a little bit about you tell tell our audience who you are and, and what you're about if you want oh my goodness you know i love talking about everything but me um <laughs> Well, all right. Well, hey, I'm a, I'm a born and raised native Texan. Um, I'm a son of East Texas. Uh, right now, I'm down here in South Texas by Houston, Beaumont area. Um, man, I I had a great you know you know January or uh, excuse me September the tenth two thousand uh, two thousand one. You know, I was getting you know getting packed up, getting ready to go. Uh, I was I was a, a brand new regional uh, director for McCoy's Building Supply. It was a big lumber. Uh, lumber um lumber company in, in east texas and uh 9-11 you know of course that next day for you know it changed a lot of people for different reasons uh and and that was a day that changed my life because you know i, I knew what had happened and i told my brother i said man if if uh, if we go to war i'm going you know and, you know and everybody you know of course why would you do that because you know at the time i was 22 years old i i um you know, I had a good, strong back. I had a good will to fight. I was a football player. You know, I, I had these things, but I also recognized that maybe one day our country is going to need good men. And so I, I figured, I felt like that if, how can I say we need to go do something if I wasn't willing to make me part of the we, right? So um, I joined uh, as an explosive ordnance disposal technician, um, otherwise known as EOD. Uh, for those, for, for, for your audience members who may not know what that is, um, I, it, it's, if you've ever watched the movie, the hurt locker, that's what we, that's what my job was, uh, walk up and defuse bombs. Um, two tours in Iraq. I got hurt on both tours, uh, to the point where, uh, December 28, 2010, I was, uh, medically retired and now I've just, you know, public speaking, you know, uh, training troops, doing anything I can to, to try to find ways to give back, you know, cause I've, I've, I've been blessed beyond measure. Do, uh, do you mind talking about your injuries in Iraq? Oh yeah, not at all. Um, oh Jesus, where do we start? Um, 
all right, so out of the, you know, several, you know, thousands of, uh, of ordinance that we've disposed of, um, you know, I've been blown up a lot. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you get blown up where it just knocks you down. And sometimes you get blown up where it throws you up against a Humvee or one that even, you know, makes you airborne, right? It gives you a little bit of a uh, little bit of flight time. Um, so on my first tour, where, how I got hurt, we was trying to, um, we was trying to remotely uh, disarm an IED that was on a bridge, the only bridge that U.S. forces and civilian traffic used. And it was it was what they called a daisy chain. So there was four uh, big pieces of ordnance called, called mortars. I, I don't I don't want to you know I don't want to sound like I'm talking down to anybody, um, but these mortars were set up on the bridge. And you know an idea is if this device would have went off, it would have taken two or three or four vehicles because everybody drops bumper to bumper. Um, we get we we knocked out the you know the first several and the last one we was uh, we was working on I guess uh, the bad guy got wise to what we were doing and he blew it up, um, you know got a little little bit of a little little cut little nick um, you know in the face, uh, blew out both of my eardrums gave me a uh, severe uh, what they call a mild traumatic brain injury, uh, which completely flushed my short term memory I was like ten second Tom for a long time I would stutter like a car on bad gas. Um, I would get lost, you know, seriously, I would get lost going from, from my room to, you know, to, you know, for, from, from my house to work, I would get lost. I mean, it, it mm. really, it really set me back a lot. Um, so that one, that was the, that was the first time, uh, well, the first, I guess, big one, uh, the second big one, uh, we were, we were in, um, Mosul, <clears throat> outside of Mosul, Iraq. And, uh, where our, where our convoy had set up, you know, they said, yeah, you know, we, we always ask, Hey, did you check the perimeter? Yeah, it's good. The bomb is way in front of us. So, you know, we took their word for it. We drove up next to them. Um, I was a driver because I'm six, five and you know, there's more room on the driver's side. When I stepped out of the truck, I come running around the side and I was going to work in between, uh, the two, the two up armored vehicles, you know, to, you know, where I got covered. Well, about the time I made it around to uh, to my backside, there was a secondary bomb that nobody swept the area, um, and it, you know, projected me forward. Those things they they stopped bullets and foreheads, uh, broke mm-hmm. my neck. Um, oh my but yeah, but you know, but I, I was functioning. You know, I mean, I, I finished up my tour with a broken neck. I, I didn't know it was broken. Oh you know, it was just. Well, I mean, at the time, you know, I was a, I was a big weightlifter. I had a 20-inch neck. I mean, I just knew my, you know, I thought I just had a crick that wouldn't go away. Well, it was a crack that wouldn't go away. Um, and it 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 uh that 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 impact in itself uh, ended up I, I think now we're at 14 herniated discs between my neck and my spine. So, um, we're living our best life, baby. You know, I mean, all <laughs> things considered. Well. Uh- Philip, uh, glad you're you're with us and doing good. And you know, it goes without saying the balls that you've got. I mean, to go work on IEDs, Jesus Christ! Uh, you know, and for folks, I assume you picked up from context, that's like uh, homemade bombs that they yeah. would put on the side of the road, just killing uh, indiscriminately in in that war. Well, you know, Tristan, people say that it takes a lot of uh, testicular fortitude, and, and I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. But what, what I tell people is, man, you just got to get comfortable with death, right? You know, because it, while I'm working on this bomb, if I take care of it successfully, it's not my problem. And if I fail, 
it's not my problem, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, it's just, <laughs> and I mean, death is freedom, no more taxes, right? Like, well, uh, you know, yeah. yeah. Does it give you much pain today, Philip? I can't, oh, I can't yes, help sir. but kind of move my neck as I <laughs> ask that question because, man. Uh, yes, sir. I had, a, I had two discs replaced in my neck, um, you know, titanium discs. So I have most of my range of motion, but. Okay, good. Um, you know, quality of life for me, I mean, seriously, uh, I, I stand up and sit down. I, I can't do either one for more than 30 minutes. So I'm, <laughs> mm. I'm always on the move. I'm always, you know, trying to stay some kind of active because I'm 43 and I'm, and I, and I want to move better. Right. You know? So let me ask you this. So, and just so our audience knows, Philip, Ray and I tend to be, or at least consider ourselves middle left. I'd say you would probably not be against me saying you're middle right. So I before I do want to ask, cause you've got some great, very specific stories that you put on my Facebook that I want to hear in detail about. Yes. But before we get there, I did want to to argue just a little bit about politics or at least discuss, hopefully more discuss than argue. But let's go. Tell me why. And again, this is not a shot at you or or your party. I just want you to make me feel better because the fear on the left (laughs) right now, I think, is even the you know, we've got some nut jobs on the edges like you guys have some nut jobs on the edges. But Mm -hmm. I think even the middle of the road Democrats right now are concerned that our democracy is in genuine jeopardy because the former president still continues to say that he didn't lose the election. Millions of people still believe that what I believe is a complete lie. And we'll believe that until he has some proof. If there's proof, I'll be the first one to say, maybe he did, you know, maybe there was something, but I think it's gone on long enough with enough proof that there's not been any substantial voter fraud that I think it endangers our, our form of government. So going into the 2024 election, make me feel better. Like, tell me I'm overreacting and, and this is not the case. I just want to feel good about it. You know, I'd love to, um, but I'm not, but I'm not going to do that. But what I will say, um, you know, as far as uh, the, the, you know, because you're right, I, I'm, I'm more of a center right kind of guy. I mean, and quite frankly, I really don't believe there's a whole lot that the three of us disagree on. I mean, I think I think we'd really have to comb through the crap really well. Um, but it, th- th- this whole notion of Donald John Trump, um, look, I, I, I mean, I have my feelings about the guy as a politician, as a businessman, as, and as a person. Um, I, I, I personally, I wish he'd just go away. I mean, mm-hmm. enough is enough. Go away. You know, uh, and that's it. I mean, he's he's staying relevant. He's keeping eyes on a, on a prize. And and here's the thing that people, yeah. these these Republicans, and and look, look, I, I get it. I identify as, as an independent, but look, if you're a Republican and you think that Donald Trump coming back as 47 is good for this country, then you really need to reexamine your thought process. And the reason why is because if Donald if Donald Trump wins, all right, and, and right now let, let's face it, it doesn't appear that the Democrats would have anybody that could beat him right now. I mean, it, I'm just that's just an observation on on that political side. They don't have anybody that can go toe to toe with him. But if Donald Trump wins, do you really think that anything's going to get done? Because no, it's going to be four years of investigations, investigations, and end fighting, and the country's going to come to a stop because Donald Trump's a president. If you want this country to move on, then we got to move on from Donald Trump. But as far as him being a guy who uh, 
who who's threatening democracy because he's out there uh, bumping his gums. I, I I can't really buy into that too much, and the reason why is because you know I, I think both sides are very guilty of it. Um, yeah, yeah, because you're 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 really your your political class now is not so much Republican and Democrat. It's Donald Trump and anti Donald Trump. That's, That's what it feels like. Yeah, that is what it feels like. I think my, uh, you know, I don't want to say my issue um, with where Donald Trump is taking politics is that it could reverse sides. But I think the thing that we always find is that once somebody, once in politics, slippery slopes really exist. So once somebody says, okay, for example, if Joe Biden said, I'm going to now start packing the Supreme Court, so I'm going to add four people. He's not said he's doing that. I'm just throwing that out as a hypothetical. Then the next president comes on and adds 12 people. And then the next 16. Then you've got a 100-person Supreme Court. So you really could see you've that type of scenario. So I guess my concern for the Republicans that are doing this, you know, this uh, you know, Trump won nonsense, and we're saying this without evidence, that could be a Democrat in four years. That could be the worst Democrat you've ever seen that, you know, is completely left of Bernie Sanders. So I just worry, as a democracy, I don't want to see either side try to abuse their power like that i mean i felt like for at least in our lifetimes presidents had a certain set of unspoken rules and i get it some of the things donald trump did they were good because he was able to say okay i don't care if i'm not supposed to go talk to a world leader that i think we can make inroads with i'll do that look that was a good thing but when you're saying that with i can't lose an election and i refuse and the only way i'm going to lose is if it was fixed i feel like that's just taking our just our, our politics in a bad spot. I think it's it's it, the the even if you like all of Trump's policies, and I always mm. tell people he may be the best president ever in your opinion because everybody's policies affects everybody different. Somebody might yes. have said the same thing about Obama, but even if yes. you like all of his politics, to me, where he's taken the politics generally is a dangerous spot for both sides. Well, okay, so, you know, on, on that point about him, you know, still with this election stuff, look, right after the election, uh, I did a show, that, and, I, and it's titled, it's on, my, it's on my YouTube, it's easy to find, uh, but it's, it's one of my earlier ones where I said the election feels fraudulent, right, because there were a lot of videos out there and a lot of suspect, there was a lot of stuff coming out there, and, and you know, that's why I didn't just jump right out and say, hey, this is wrong, um, because, you know, perception is not always reality, Um and, and so with, with someone like Donald Trump who's saying that I can't lose an election, you know, I, I misspoke a while ago when I said that, that I don't see a Democrat who can run toe-to-toe with Donald Trump. And, and I think I, I do have an answer, and that's going to be Stacey Abrams, right? I think if Stacey Abrams wins uh, governor there in Georgia, I think she, is, she will be the Democratic frontrunner, I believe. But the reason why Stacey Abrams is important and another reason why I bring her up is because, remember, this is someone right now who's currently running for governor who still has yet to concede her election, who continues to say that the election was stolen from her. The same thing that, that Donald Trump is doing, um, Stacey Abrams is doing, and if they ever meet on a debate stage, I'd love to hear their argument. But hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of, I mean, we have, and I use that as a most recent example of a, of a Democrat doing that, which was just one one cycle ago. So both sides are very guilty, and I don't I don't think it's really gonna shift the, uh, I don't think it's gonna shift the political wave either way because both of them suck. Okay, let me just say this, and again, I don't. I think that is a bit of a false equivalency, and I only say that because having heard Stacey Abrams speak about the election that she that she never conceded from, 
she did not concede the election. She does. She has not, however, said that there was cheating that kept her from being um, the governor of Georgia. I think some all the things she said have been like, you know, it's p- politics and this and that. And, and again, I, I didn't study up on this, but I've always felt like that was false because she's not going around saying this group cheated me by 10,000 votes in this place or this area. It was fraudulent and we shouldn't believe in the voting in Georgia. And I think that's a pretty distinct uh, thing to understand. I think it's one thing to be a sore loser, which I think you could say Stacy's a sore loser. But I think it right. is a bit of a difference to say that versus the the voice of Georgia voters weren't heard and your votes didn't count. I think that is the difference between what Trump's doing, and I think that makes it a bit scary. Now, do I think it's classy to not concede or not say you lost? No. So no credit to Stacey for, for not conceding. I mean, Hillary's concession speech wasn't a great speech, and she didn't go on for 20 minutes, but she got on stage and said, I wish him the best. It's America. It, yeah. So so I guess my and concern Trump, is, yeah. yeah, so the difference to me is like you could say Stacey Abrams is an asshole. But she's not going around telling the whole country that people cheated her out of her job. So that's why I think what Trump's and I don't you know, I hope that's not mincing my party's different than the other party because it's both not good. But I think the yeah, equivalency is, what a, is different. You know, yeah, we're not. We're, yeah, this certainly isn't a what about ism game back and forth. But sure. I mean, but but I, I, I would I would I, I do challenge you to read up, read a little bit of up on Stacey, you know, because I mean, I don't want to, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer that I want people to go find uh, you know, and the date, I mean, I mean, I just did a simple search for right here and I was like, you know what, I, I, I would like for you to read, you know, just, just do a little research and, and listen to her reasoning behind it. Maybe you'll change your mind, but your point is still very valid. Donald Trump cast a bigger net. And you know, the thing is in 2016, they were already dropping the, the seed that the election could be stolen. Like there it could be fraudulent in 2016. And they did the same thing in 2020 and they're going to do the same thing in 2024. And then 2028, right? It's, it's just going to be a nonstop thing. Yeah. And I'm, <clears throat> as somebody who, you know, wasn't enamored of Trump and, and, and thought he was not great for America, I have a very conservative right wing sister in New Jersey. I'm on a text thread with my brother who's to the left of me. And it's kind of fun to watch them go back and forth. I'm sort of a mediator. But she makes a fair point. And when my brother hears he does listen, he's going to be like, oh, no, there he goes. You know, I used to call President Trump illegitimate, Donnie, because of all the Russian intervention and supposed and so on and so forth. And she often reminds me of that sort of like, don't tell me that us saying 2020 may have had a few little nefarious things. You guys did that in 2016. And I can't tell you that I didn't do that. And maybe even that's upsetting to Trisden. But um, but that said, Philip, I, I do. The question that I'm asking right now that I think is really an imperative question is, and I guess it goes to the degree to which our democracy is in jeopardy. How many Americans, how many of our fellow countrymen would be willing to give up some of their liberties for a strong man, for an authoritarian, doesn't even have to be Trump, but just in this case, since he's so prominent and now looking like he will run in 24, how many of our fellow Americans would be willing to give up some of their liberties for a strong man who represented almost everything that they agreed with? And I, I really think that that's a question that is the most important question to be asked right now. I tell you what, man, I, I think the honest answer would be 50%. See? 
That's wild. And that's so, scary, right? Because that's how politically separated we are. We are politically separated, but isn't that also how democracies end? Because democracies do end. Oh, yeah. And I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I honestly thought that Donald Trump was going to be our last president because <laughs> I saw this right. And now and then I'm here. Here's Joe. And I'm like, man, I think Joe might be our last one. I'm just I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, guys. But, man, it just really feels like that we're, we're almost at the finish line of, of, of this race. Just real quick, just kind of a quick poll of the three of us. Are we sort of in agreement? Because I'm coming day by day to that realization. We think Biden is not running in 24. He said he was running recently. Like well, I know what he said, but what do you think? I say yes, unless something happens oh, yeah? between. Yeah, I, I think he'll give it another go. Okay. Because the plus is. Yeah, uh, I, I, don't, I don't see him doing it. You don't think? No, sir. I, I think it's going to be tough for him, Tristan, really. I think it'll be tough for him, too, but I think, you know, once you're there, you know, it, I think something would have to happen between now and then for him not to. He's going to have a Well, I mean, can he, just side, can he just side his – I mean, a graceful out would be, look, I did what I had to do. I got rid of that guy that scared you to death, and I'm 82 years old, and I'm tired, and I want to spend more time with my family. Fair. You know, I, I, I would not be at all shocked if he pulls up, you know, an LBJ and says, I – I will not accept, nor will I. I will not seek, nor accept my party's nomination. And then, to Philip's point before, then it's wide open. I, mean, I didn't even think about Stacey Abrams, actually, Philip. But uh, so she's running again for governor in twenty-two this year. Yes, sir. Uh, against Kemp, I guess. Yes. Okay. So that you think does she have a chance? Um. I, I don't know. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, that's going to be a tight race. Uh, I haven't really been following. Um, their their political attacks on each other right uh, me either yeah, at all yeah. um but I, I do i do believe it's going to be a very interesting race it's going to be yeah. a toss-up okay but i don't but but to your point i don't think biden's going to run and and here's why uh I, I, and, and look I, I mean no disrespect to the man and i'm not making jokes but i you, we, and we talked about this on my show how i felt that uh that that president biden you know he's he seems like he's he's struggling just a little bit more that and that that's that's an observation that i and i've i've followed joe biden for a lot of years i mean because I, I thought he was charismatic as hell um but you know when, when joe when he ran for election when he ran for president the first time he had COVID on his side right he could campaign from yeah. central from from his basement he you know he wasn't having to go out on the wear and tear of the road and things like that um, I just don't see. I, I think I don't think Joe. I don't think Joe has another twelve rounds in him. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he. I don't think physically or mentally he can he can hold up. Uh, and that's not a that's not a, a stab at the guy. That that is that is a sympathetic thing. Mm -hmm. My thoughts on that. And and again, I, you can't deny eighty two years old is a is a advanced age to be running the free world. I mean, no question. And now, should he maybe say, "I'm going to let somebody younger give this a go"? certainly debatable but also Ben, look at strom thurman and some of these people you don't give up this power like these people just rarely ever say okay i'll just step aside and let someone else have the most power in the world so even yeah. though i could see that point yes and i'll also say this about biden you know we've heard the attacks on biden's mental uh you know whereabouts for you know several years now but I think the problem, too, and I'm certainly, Philip, not going to accuse you of watching mostly right-wing news. But, man, all I've seen the last week is 
Donald Trump couldn't pronounce J.D. Vance's name. He called him like J.R. Travis in his uh, big oh. rally, and he messed it up like three times. So I will say, too, I think depending on which side of the aisle, Facebook and social media and whichever news outlets happen to be in your bubble, you're going to see nothing but either Joe Biden is the biggest senile person with dementia that's ever lived. And on my side, and I'll be the first to say it, all we see is every flub that Trump Trump has in one of his rallies messing up J.D. Vance's name. So, yes, do I think, again, Joe Biden, he's getting up there. It's undeniable. I think Donald Trump's too old to run. It, well, he also has advanced stage you and he's it messes stuff up. So again, you could have a four hour reel of just oh, mess yeah. ups if on both. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I'm sure he could Biden could surround himself with people and carry him through four more years and not you know not break the planet. But again, yeah, if it was up to me, I would say let's run somebody in their 60s or younger, whatever, for sure. Yeah, hey, man, I, I'm a, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a weight or there's an age limit to be able to run for president of the United States. And I think there should be an age limit where you cannot run for president or, or Congress, any, any D.C. position at that point. I think you, once you hit an age, you got to go, period. Well, it's kind of tough, though, because then you get into ageism. And I think you sort of see, you know, Bill Maher rallies on that a lot. Ray, you could speak to that. But it's, uh, you know, it, it is. America is one of the few countries where we don't appreciate age. So to me, it is should be more about faculties as well, opposed to the number next year. Now. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's appreciate as much as it is. I, I often say, and, and I take your point. I mean, we're not talking about 60 and there is a difference between 60 and 80, but I always say about, for instance, term limits, you know, show me one area of life. Show me an occupation. Show me an endeavor that doesn't benefit from the experience and wisdom that older folks bring to it. Now, I don't mean that specific to Joe Biden or Donald Trump. I'm just saying at large. Um, and, and I think a smart kid, and I notice I use the word smart because kids can't be wise because they haven't lived long enough, but a, a smart millennial will pick up on that and listen to that older person. But that's, you know, that's my only contention about, and I, you know, get that under politics is a little bit different, but, but nonetheless, age and experience and, and the wisdom that comes with those years and that experience is, is incalculable. A 20 something or even a 30 something can be smart. They just can't be wise. Wisdom comes with living and, you know, and, and seeing what comes of that. And, you know, if if you're fortunate enough, you know, to to to, to be able to get that longevity. Well, you know, Ray, I, I love the point. And, and you're right. We, we need we, we should have wisdom in in, in, our, in our House and Senate. I, I agree with that. Um, but, you know, I, our country is changing so fast. I mean, these, these old crusty ass politicians, and I'm sorry if I can't say that on, on your on your show, but these old crusty uh, politicians. Are yeah, you fair to that's? You can say that, Phil. <laughs> okay, well, say anything with, you want, you man. Know, these old well, these old, <laughs> all right. So these old crusty ass politicians who've been around, you know, since the prohibition, <laughs> you know, they're 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 stuck in the in this endless cycle of of how we used to do it, how we used to do it. Yeah. And I hate that because in the military, I used to tell people, hey, I mean, just because that's the way you've always done it don't mean it's always been done right. Step to the side and, hey, you know what? Yes, these 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 young kids don't have uh, the wisdom, you know, and, and OK, fine, we'll, we'll keep one or two around. But people like Mitch McConnell got to go. <laughs> you know, I mean, he'd been in for forever. Maxine Waters got to go. Nancy, you know, Nancy Pelosi. I mean, there's a there's a roster that has to go because they're so entrenched in politics that they don't give a crap what 
the bill says. As a matter of fact, they don't even read half the bills that go through. And, and that, I heard a politician say that we don't read a majority, no bill ever gets read all the way through when we sign it because we don't have time. You know how long it takes to read a thousand page bill? And, and, and it, that's sad. You know, if these old people can't get it done, then step aside and let someone else who's willing to put in the work because our country is changing faster than these old people can keep up with. Yeah, and that may be true. I, I, that's that's a, certainly a fair point, a, a valid point that um, you are entitled to make, no doubt about but it. But I, I do love my senior citizens, and, and you're right, it is an ageism thing the, when I, when I, the way, I, the way I, I packaged it, but that, isn't, that is not what I meant. Right. No, right. no, I didn't, yeah. Not, not to, that it's a hateful thought. It's just because, yeah. no, it's, it's also ignorant to say that there aren't signs of uh, you know, regression in old age. I mean, it is true, but that doesn't mean it's, you know, everybody regresses. So it's kind of case by case, but yeah, yeah I think you should be looking at giving a 105 year old person a driver's license It, you know, just common <laughs> sense also goes into that. So no, it's a fair point. So, and I, and I don't want to spend the whole show talking about politics. I want to talk a little bit about some of your damn cool stories. I want to hear about Dick Cheney. Oh my God. Man, I called him and George Bush, uh, very affectionately, mind you, Pinky in the Brain, right? If you remember the cartoon, right, little skinny rat, big ears, and then you had yeah. big brain who wanted to rule the world. Right. It was a perfect fit. I thought it was a great nickname. Um, so part of, all right, so when I was not deployed, um, most, most uh, it, the Secret Service reaches out to bomb techs, uh, to bomb disposal organizations, uh, because what we do is we, we, um, we were not Secret Service agents, but we are Secret Service support, right? So wherever these three, wherever the the VIPs go, we have to go too. So um, if if uh, when President uh, George W. Bush went to Crawford, you know, I had to I had to drive the road to 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 look for look for anything that could hurt him when he comes by. You know, I mean, there's a lot of different protective measures that we do, but we're always looking for something that could hurt. Um, the, 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 any, any foreign dig or any very, very important person explosively. That's my job. I'm just the bomb guy. They take care of you know, all the shooting and the snake eating. Um, so <laughs> I just come back from Iraq. Um, you know, I was, you know, I was still hurt. Uh, I hadn't, didn't have this sense to realize, you know, cause I was, I was a leader, right? I didn't, you know, the, the, the army can't go on without me. So I have to be at work. You know, I was, I was one of those, uh, stupid guys, um, and because the army damn sure is going on without me and I've been gone for a while. Um, but, but, you know, we, uh, I had this mission to go to Pierre, uh, South Dakota. I never heard of it. Um, <laughs> and looking at y'all's faces, I don't think y'all have either. It, it, it is out in the middle of nothing. Uh, South Dakota is about as flat as a tabletop. Mm. And, uh, so, so we get out there, we're like, all right, well, so, you know, what's the, what's the detail? Well, we, we, we met up with our agent and they go, well, Hey, you know, Put your boots on. It was the, one of the only times that we, you know, ever did a detail in boots, jeans, hat. You know, we dressed like normal people instead of in suits. Um, well, we went to this to this hunting lodge and we met this guy, real nice guy. I can't remember the name of the lodge or the guy, but he showed us this this great big. And all they do is the pheasant hunting, bird hunting. That's all they do there, and they make a lot of money doing it. And he goes, "Oh, by the way, did you know Vice President Cheney's coming out here today?" And I'm like, "No kidding." Yeah, I, I, I kind of got that briefing before I left Hawaii, but okay. Um, and, and so here we go, right? So um, so where the hunting lodge is, the, the hunting lodge is, it's a humongous 
Um, I mean, man, I, I don't even know the square footage. It, it, it takes up an acre at least, just a, just a lodge itself. Well, where the entrance is, they had us set up in a RV, a white RV, hmm. um, W-H-I-T-E. And it, there was no privilege about this RV. It was just an RV out in the middle of nothing. Ray Charles could see this RV. Uh, <laughs> so said it was white. It was white. And, yeah. and, and to give you an idea, so we're talking, you know, um, I don't know, I think early January. So it's, you know, everything's still very dead. It's mm. it's brown, brown dirt, blue sky, no, not a cloud in the sky. So the only thing white out there is that RV. <laughs> it's huge, for like 42 feet. All right, so we find out, you know, all right, so Vice President Cheney's coming out to hunt. So me, naturally, I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't he just shoot his friend in the face um, like eight months ago? <laughs> and, 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 and look, I've never really claimed to be <laughs> to uh, to be man. My, 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 my mother always tells me my timing is impeccable. Right. Because yeah. I have none. If it comes to my head, there's no filter. Here it goes. Right. Yeah. And and I said this in, in front of a lot of the agents and everybody just got quiet and looked at each other. And, ah. you know, somebody's like get your boy you know so my, my agent comes over and he's like we don't talk about that black man i'm like but he did why don't we talk about it we need to he's fixing to be given a gun right now we need to plan for this shit, right and he's like well you don't worry about it you're going to be in the rv i'm like what kind of rv like is it is it like the 18 type rv like does it have you know bulletproof is, is it is it no, just regular RV. So it's made out of aluminum. So I'm in a Pepsi can on wheels <laughs> with a couch, you know, and, and there's like, you're overreacting. All right. So all right, I'm overreacting. So we go out to the, we go out to the, our, to our checkpoint, you know, vehicles are coming in and out and we're checking and well, we, here we go, man. We, you know, they, they come over the, uh, the radio, they come over the net and, you know, said, uh, said, you know, the Eagle's gone, right. Eagle's taken off. Right. So that means he's on his, he's, he's out hunting. Now we expected again. This is on an the, the lodge itself is on an acre. The, the the property is man. I think it's a couple hundred thousand acres, mm. um, and we're you know a thousand feet away from this lodge in a white RV, surrounded by dead grass, and we hear gunshots. And I'm like, wait a minute, are, are they are they getting in some test runs? Are they shooting some skeet or something? They're like, no, I, I don't think they got a skeet range over there. I said, well, all right, well, you know, but the gunshots started coming closer. So, you know, the agent, I'm like, hey, man, you hear that out there? And he's, he's like, don't worry about it. And he turns the TV up louder, you know, trying to, <laughs> like, man, hey, these gunshots are getting closer. So, I, you know, again, I'm six fives and I'm sitting on an RV couch, which is um, like sitting in Barbie's first bed, right? So I'm, I'm kind of having to squinch real low and really the only silhouette, you know, and I, and I, I, I wasn't paying attention. There was a big old window right behind me. Oh, Jesus. And we're sitting, <laughs> we're sitting there and, um, yeah, it was an awkward moment in the movie where it was, it was quiet and nobody was saying nothing. Nobody was blinking. You know, we hear, we hear a gunshot, no big deal, but then we hear that noise, that push. I'm like, what was what was that? You know, and I look down and on my shoulder is uh, glass. That 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 noise was the sound of all the bird shot hitting the side of the RV. No way. <laughs> yeah, he shot the side of this RV that we're sitting in, this white RV <laughs> with clear blue skies, beautiful day, brown grass, not a 
not a mountain, not a molehill, not an ant, not a piece of dog shit is out there. And we are the tallest thing around. And he shoots our RV. Oh my well, goodness. I got to tell you, I know he was the, my vice commander in chief. Um, but, you know, it's amazing what happens, you know, because I mean, I just come back from Iraq. I, I think I've been back from Iraq maybe, th maybe, maybe 30 days. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little tuned up at this point, you know, and, and thankfully, you know, we're not armed, uh, but I realized what happened. I, somebody just shot this RV and oh, I come out the door and, you know, the agent's like, grab him, you know, no, no, we ain't grabbed. Well, they did grab me. You know, I left behind my suit uh, or my, uh, my jacket that I was wearing and I come around the corner and um, I don't know how, how R rated this show is. No, but, you can uh, say whatever. You want. Rated X, man. But man, I <laughs> giggity. Um, so I come around the corner, and you know, before I even make it around the corner, hey, you stupid motherfucker, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even see anybody. Like, where's these motherfuckers at, right? And the agents is, you know, trying to, you know, push me back. I mean, I'm fighting away. I'm like, who the fuck just shot my RV? You know, like I, I was, I, I, like it was my RV, right? I was mad. You know, I got still got glass on me. I'm, you know, I got a little blood trickling from behind my ear where you know, a piece of the glass. It, God. it was glass that cut me. He didn't shoot me. Right. Um, well, I look over and there's a big old party, right? Like ten people, and I and, and I knew exactly who it was because <laughs> Dick Cheney has the biggest fucking head that you will ever see on a person. <laughs> His head is like an orange on a toothpick. I mean, if I'm convinced that someone else ties his boots because if he bends over, he will keep going. <laughs> Dick Cheney wearing his big hunter orange hat. I mean, I've seen I've seen sombreros that were smaller, but this wasn't a sombrero. Um, he he he's got his gun, you know, kind of holes, you know, broke open. Sorry about that. No way. Yeah, like, hey, hey, sorry, we we shot your shit, you know. <laughs> he, and then, and then he tells, you know, I'm like, what the fuck? You mean you're sorry? You shot an RV in the middle of nothing? How did you fucking miss this? He says, and I quote, gentlemen, like he is describing dick cancer. He says, I was tracking a bird. <laughs> My. And I was so dumbfounded. I was so dumbfounded by what you're tra you were tracking a bird. So I gave him a bird to track. I said, can you track this motherfucker? If you shoot over here again, I'm going to forget you're my vice president. Yeah, I mean, he took his ass chewing. Um, That's amazing. I guess, well, he then gave the agent an ass chewing who then gave me the ass chewing. Oh, did you? <laughs> well, actually, it was an attempted ass chewing because I called my commander right then. I woke him up, called him at home. Uh, I said, Captain, we're on our way home. He said, what happened? I said, I just got fucking shot by the vice president of the United States. <laughs> he said, wait, what do, you, what do you mean you got shot again? You know, because I, I, I took well, I, I took a round in Mosul, right? And um, right there in center mass. Uh, <laughs> he said again i'm like well he sir i didn't get hit with the bird shot but i got hit with the glass from the rv that we were sitting in that was in the middle of nowhere he said well you was an rv and he, and he shot your rv and i said yeah he said what'd you do i said i cussed him out and i flipped him off he said what happened then i said the agent tried to say something i said me and me and jake we're on our way to the airport right now i'm i'm calling this mission i'm done i'm not working for this son of a bitch ever again
and I didn't. Unbelievable. And no, and and nothing came of that with towards you. Well, no. Well, I, all right. So, so we reported our training command was directly to a one-star general, um, and and the captain he picked me up at the airport in his class A's, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, we got to go talk to the man. Mm. We're going to the carpet, and you know, so I walk in, you know, Sergeant Blackman report as ordered, sir. You know, he at ease, you know, so what the you know what the fuck, Blackman? What happened? I said, sir, I know you're mad right now. He said, did you really cuss the president? I said, yeah, the vice president. Said, yes, I did. <laughs> did you really flip him off? Yes, I did. But, sir, will you let me explain? Normally, from what I understand, he wouldn't let anybody explain. But mm. this story was so intriguing to him, he wanted to hear more. He's, yeah. How did this, how did a staff sergeant in the United States Army just flip off the VP? And now you want me to do nothing? I said, sir. And then I told him the story that I just told you. And he said, Good job, Sergeant. Ha! That was <laughs> That's it. nice. He's, That's yeah, a yeah, wild I, I, story. It, I'm telling dog. you. Um, well, I mean, Vice President Cheney remembered me from before because it wasn't, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, right before we deployed, uh, he was doing a, uh, a visit in Chicago. And that was the first time I'd ever actually seen Dick Cheney in person. And it, again, his noggin. <laughs> it was amazing. He drove by in his limo, and his limo took up like the whole damn window, right? Now I was laughing. I was like, guys, did y'all see that shit? Now, when I saw it, like a little kid, I turned to my friends. I'm like, guys, that's the vice president. And, you know, like, yeah, we see you, Blackman. I'm like, no, did you see how big his fucking head is? <laughs> right as he was walking behind me, and he stopped, and he looked at me. I said, Mr. Vice President, that is the biggest head on a Secret Service agent I've ever seen. He said, which one? I said, that one. I just pointed out a random guy, and he goes, yeah, it is. And he walked on, right? Oh, <laughs> wow. Like, Man, you got to be quick. That, be quick to fill up like me. So, obviously, that story, we, we ne yeah, we never heard that story. That story never, never, never made public. So they really needed to keep the gun out of the Vice President's hands, huh? Man, oh, I, 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 you know, I get it, man. You know, you, you get Look, unless you're a tunnel builder or a gynecologist, you cannot have tunnel vision with a firearm. No. You know, you got to be able to, a white RV. I mean, and the bird wasn't even white. I mean, come on. And the thing is, he didn't even hit the bird. That, that's kind of what made it worse. Pretty miraculous that that didn't make the news. I guess there was a lot of pretty good, uh, quiet folks there to keep that one, especially after he just shot his buddy in the face. Well, you got to realize that a... Uh, an active duty, very fresh off the battlefield combat vet jumped in his ass and did flutter kicks. Um, that's not something that they want anybody to know. Yeah, you know, and, and so and, and there were there was no media out there anyway. It was right. just a, a private hunting trip, um, right. and nobody, you know, it, it was what it was. Yeah, and like you were not reacting to the person; you were reacting to the situation. I mean, it was you were no, almost it, 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 no, you know, no. I gotta be, I gotta be honest with you. At first, it was the the situation, but then when I realized who it was, I went right back to a conversation I had not sixty minutes before. Shouldn't we be worried, right? And then no, yeah. so I knew exactly who it was, and, mm -hmm. and I, it was very personal for me because I mean, Jesus Christ, you shouldn't if be you shooting. don't learn your lesson, shooting your friend in the face, tracking yeah. a bird. Well, that's true. That's true. As, as well, man, good for your yeah, good for good for that one star who you had to explain it to. He was you know he was oh, sympathetic. Yeah. Oh, he thought it was funny as hell. He thought it was the funniest story he'd ever heard. Because I, I told him, I, I, I was as serious as I could be. I was still mad when I was talking about it. And he let me say, but he just, 
laughed his ass off the whole time. And what am I going to do? General, shut the fuck up. No, no. <laughs> That's an amazing story, Philip. And before we get, uh, I mean, we've only got probably 10, 12 more minutes here. But uh, tell folks how they can check out the Philip D. Blackman show as well. Oh, man. I mean, you guys, like I said, y'all are a class act, you know. So, <laughs> hey, um, so my show is the Philip D. Blackman show. We're on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at uh, 5 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, man, I, I encourage everyone to tune into the Monday show because I talk about mental health every Monday. And you don't have to be a veteran. You don't have to be uh, a, a first responder to be able to relate to mental health. And that is the conversation we need to be having as a nation. So Monday is my favorite show. Um, Wednesdays and Fridays, we talk, in, we talk the news, we talk the politics and the absurdity of it all, uh, and we try to have fun doing it. And I always let people call in, and I encourage people who disagree with me to call in, uh, call into my show. The show number's posted on, uh, on, on every Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, my videos are everywhere. And call in if you disagree. I, I, I'm always up for an education from somebody. That's great. That's nice. great. And actually, Ray, uh, because we'll be mentioning them again in just a second, Sometimes we just get in such a, a flow, we forget to talk about our, we didn't forget, but we, we were a little late talking about our sponsors today. So I definitely would like to give a shout out to Bad Wolf Gaming in Berea, 859-646-6061 at 7 Chestnut Street in Berea. I uh, was talking to somebody earlier today and they were like, hey, remember Yu-Gi-Oh cards? And I was like, yeah. Right. And if you like Yu-Gi-Oh, you got to go see our friends at Bad Wolf Gaming in Berea. So uh, check them out. Uh, we've we've talked a lot about how nice and uh, clean and friendly everybody and everything is over at Bad Wolf Gaming. Also talked about how when you get in the flow of saying Bad Wolf, you pronounce it Bad Wolf because you wolf. forget the L. Bad Wolf Gaming. So, I, yeah, I really try to enunciate Bad Wolf Gaming. But, yeah, folks, you got to check them out. Hey, let, hey, let me ask you a question, Tristan, before sure. you mention our second sponsor, Aaron. Could Aaron and Philip be brothers? Oh, man. I, you know what? They would absolutely agree on a lot of stuff, for sure. Well, I mean, that also, but just uh, if, if someone introduced Philip as Aaron's brother, wouldn't you say, I could see that? Oh, yeah. I mean, they both got the beard. <laughs> yeah, both, uh, yeah. you know, like stocky big dudes. Yeah, I could see yes. that, absolutely. Aaron, we've met your brother. And and, and you know what? And, and Aaron will probably start sponsoring Philip's show instead of ours once he uh, once he listens to this show. <laughs> he oh, would man. like Philip's politics better. Yeah, today. he's going to probably agree a little bit more with Philip. But uh, y'all show y'all show y'all show is amazing, man. Don't sell yourself short. You know, y'all. I'm I'm aspiring to be what you guys. Are. <laughs> ah, come on. Well, I, you know what, Philip? Let me tell you what that's like. If um, your show is trying to be like our show, would be like me comparing. My JROTC experience with your military experience. Man. We're, <laughs> we're on yeah. such a different level as what you're doing, but we appreciate you uh, saying you're, you're that. It means kind. a lot. Thank you. So, um, let's see. So, yes. Yeah, so, we got to thank Aaron at Berea Pond. Man, it's a furniture. Now it's a furniture superstore in Berea in the old IGA building. They've also do all the normal pond stuff that you've always loved. A few bucks short, go pawn your guns, go pawn your gold, whatever you need to do to get through. Also, it's a great place to go buy some stuff. Go check them out. You know, furniture, guns, knives, ammo. Um, they've got a lot of combat gear, uniforms, a lot of cool stuff. Man, Berea Pond, if you haven't been, 
you literally will find kids books for your kids and an AK for granddad. Like there is literally something for everybody at Bree Pond. So check them out at, and, and uh, Phil, you can check them out at buckshotandled.com, but our local folks here, check them out at 107 Clay Drive. So thanks a bunch uh, for your support. We could Absolutely. do the show without you, but then Ray would have to pay for it. And we appreciate <laughs> that, that, that you, you guys help us out. So, um, Philip, I know, again, we're getting a little low on time, and I've had like six other things I wanted to ask you about. But uh, tell us about getting shot in Missoula. Oh, man, uh, Yarmouk traffic circle. Um, there was a, an IED that went off, and uh, that we, we'd received an all call that we had to get back to base. It was uh, November uh, November 11, no, November the 5th of, um, of 2006. Uh, Hussein was just found guilty and they, you know, they were taken to the streets. And so they did an all call. Um, when we were approaching the Yarmouk traffic circle, we saw a car bomb crash into the back of one of our vehicles. Our vehicle took it like a champ and just kept going, you know, the, the up armored uh, strikers they were in. Uh, we were going through the traffic circle and there was uh there was a wounded, um, uh, a guy and his, and his 15 year old son, what I'm guessing is 15. Um, his child was deceased. Um, he was, he was, he was going. Um, and you know, you, you walk up, you, you want to try to try to render aid. Um, and when you see what, 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 when you see what was on the, you know, how bad the injuries were, you just kind of knew. Right. And I just remember standing up and man, next thing I know, I feel something, you know, like a sledgehammer to the chest. You know, I fall on my back and I get up and I run to the truck cause, and then I hear the report of a rifle. Um, I get in my truck, you know, open up my vest, you know, I've got a little bleeding on my chest, but you know, the, the, the plate, the armor, the, the, the plate, uh, that I had in my vest, it did its job. Um, and I shattered the vest and, you know, some still got through, but not really that big of a deal, but you know, yeah. So, oh, man, thank so you. if you don't, if you on. don't have that vest, I'm sorry, Trizan, if you don't have that vest on Philip, we're not talking to you today. Oh, I, absolutely. That, yeah. yeah. That's wild. Absolutely. Wow. Man, I've had I've had some good runs with death. Yeah, they're not ready. Apparently for so. Right. <laughs> so yeah, Philip, uh, our um, our producer Troy has uh, has got a very important engagement. So we are getting close. We've probably got ten minutes max, um, and then we usually do about five minutes, sort of wrapping up. So if you've got, I know we talked about Colin Powell a little bit uh, on Facebook. So listen, maybe if you could tell that story, and then if you've got one more really good story that we don't know okay. about or something cool that, that, that we're, we're your, we're your audience. All right. So, uh, president Bush is running for reelection. Um, 2004, I believe it is. He's running for reelection. Uh, Madison square garden is the, the location where the Republican national convention is being held. All the very important people were staying at the Waldorf Astoria. That is hands down the nicest place that any guy from Northeast Texas could ever imagine to be in. And our job, you know, is to, to make the, make the areas safe. So when they all left, you know, they got, they called us like, all right, Hey, housekeeping, housekeeping just did their deal. You go in there and do your deal. Again, we're looking for bombs. So if it moves, the, the rule is if it moves, move it, if it turns, turn it right. You know, our job is to find or function it. So either if we find it, we can call it, we can go, well, Hey, there's a bomb here. Or if we function it, that means we just, we did our job. We set it off. So the very important person wouldn't. Well, um, and part of our sweeps, you know, I just, it's just long and monotonous. So we have 
Um, the way we, we, our specific team was two EOD techs like me and a military working dog. So the dog would go in and, you know, do what they do. And then we would go in and do what we do. Well, damn it. How I mean, to be in a, ho to be in a, a, a hotel that has Bose radios on each side, you know, the, the, you know, massage chairs. I mean, it's, uh, it's just uh, so unbelievable. And I just kind of, I, I was, I was delirious. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Um, but I was pushing on the bed and I was like, Hey, Jack, man, look how, look how, look how spongy this bed is, man. I bet you, you know, I bet you get some mileage on this, right. You know, making jokes. And he said, yeah, I said, you think it hold my big ass. And so there I am in a, in a, in my, my suit, you know, and I paid, you know, I think at the time it was like, you know, $1,500 suit, you know, you, you want to look right. And so I'm jumping on this bed like it's uh like it's a trampoline and I'm giggling my ass off, man. I'm a kid. I'm having fun. I'm jumping on a bed in the Waldorf Astoria, the nicest hotel in the world. Right. And everybody's laughing with me. Right. And we're, man, it's like, Hey y'all, y'all watch this shit. Right. And I jump up, you know, kind of like, kind of like you jump in the air and you make a seated position to land on your butt and then jump back up. Well, that was the move I had in mind. And I went up and I kicked my legs out. Well, when I kicked my legs out, everybody quit laughing all of a sudden, but me. So I hit my ass and I come back up and I'm and on the upstroke. I'm like, Oh my God, somebody's here. <laughs> right. So I come to my feet and I bounce again. And then I turn completely around and I see the man, Colin Powell. <laughs> and he is looking at me like, like I'm dying right now. So the first thing I do now, mind you, I'm still mid jump when I see it's him. So the first thing I do is I snap to the position of attention, which was funny enough. But the fact is that I kept kind of bouncing on the bed, you know, until it got rid of its elasticity and I'm holding this shit and I'm like, sir, <laughs> and, and he, on his face, like his face is red. Like you, he wants to laugh. But he can't because, you know, he's a sack deaf, right? So he's, he asked me, he said, what the fuck are you doing, soldier? Because he, he knew I was a soldier. I said, um, checking for bombs, sir. <laughs> now, I tell you, you got to be quick, right? So I said, checking for bombs, sir. He said, by jumping on my bed. I said, Mr. Powell, if it moves, move it. If it turns, turn it. I said, I was doing an integrity check on this bed to make sure someone hadn't put a pressure plate under your mattress. <laughs> and I was serious. And, and, he, and he, he's, so how does you jumping on my bed? You outweigh me. <laughs> like, like lightning, man. Like God was whispering in my ear. I said, well, Mr. Powell. I didn't know if Mrs. Powell was with you and if y'all, you know, decided for some after night, <laughs> afternoon delight, you know, I, you know, by my body weight pushing up and down, it's more than you and Mrs. Powell guaranteed. So if it's not going to go off on me, it's not going to go off on you, sir. I did this for y'all's protection. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's great. He, uh, he, at that point, he broke. He lost. He lost his military bearing. He's just he'd get the fuck out of my room. <laughs> Mr. Palomar in trouble. My fired. He said, "We'll just keep this first time I ever heard it." He said, "We'll just keep this between us girls." <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I didn't even question it. I'm blessed out of that room. Right? You know? Oh, that's a great story. Yeah. Ah, that is fantastic. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, how much how much time we got if you got one uh, if you got two minutes we'll take it and then we'll, right. we, we'll check um it. so again same place same venue same time uh different day uh <laughs> i'm upstairs and uh we go in the president's room 
And I didn't know this. The president actually has his own presidential podium in his hotel room with his speech and his camera. Oh, no kidding. A bullshit camera there. And he, he practices his speech. So his speech, he was giving a speech that night. And, his you know, I go up there to the podium. I'm like, oh, shit, there's a speech here. So I go over and I turn on the cameras and I turn shit on. And I'm, you know, I'm like, good morning, America. <laughs> they were going to talk about terrorists. Now, Kato. Well, I guess it was that Al-Qaeda part that came out that his um, press secretary, I think it was uh, Kaylee McEnany, walks in and catches me doing an impersonation <laughs> of the, the president. And I'm like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm so fired. You know, I'm going to be a private tomorrow. And, and she she walks up. She says, what are you doing? I, 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 I said, I'm just grab assing. She snatches the, 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 the speech off the podium. She starts walking out and she comes and she stops at the door and she looks back and she goes, I've heard better, but that was good. <laughs> so I was like, man, that's really cool, man. That's she, awesome. You know, no, no, it wasn't Kaylee McEnany, um, uh, blonde haired chick. Can't remember her name, uh, but it was his press secretary, Dana, uh, Dana, um, oh, Perino. That chick, yes, Perino. Dana Perino. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was really, she was really cool about it. Uh, th- those are awesome, man. Uh, yeah. We'll have to get you back. I definitely want to hear some more of these stories. Uh, I know pleasure. That, pleasure. I know Phillip. you can talk. Hey, and- I would love to tell you about the time that I, we'll say the next story uh, okay. when I beat up Geraldo Rivera. I busted uh-huh. his shit. Oh, my God. So I'll tell you about that story next time. Well, we'll bring you on for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Sir. Absolutely. Nice. All right, so Ray, with that, and Philip, if you want, we do a little segment at the end here for our uh, for our sponsors. So uh, I usually do either a top ten list or some bullshit from Facebook, and Ray usually does a joke of the day. And if you want to think about it, if you've got a go to joke that you want to pile in for the sponsors, man, we'd love love to have one from you too. If you got one. All right. How long How long is the joke? So uh, yeah, 30, 40 seconds is fine. So we'll Got we'll, we'll get right. through ours first to give you time to think about it, and then then you can go. Ray, do you want to do joke of the day first? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll just I'll just make it a cute, quick one. Make way for Philip. All right, you ready? This is, this is, a, this is almost a drum roll. So this what is the did Maria, the ocean? Maria Pond. Yes, Bria Pond. Joke of the day. What did the ocean say to the beach? Nothing. It just waved. Oh, <laughs> nice. There you go, Aaron. Uh, Berea Pond joke of the day brought to you by Berea Pond, Buckshot and Lead.com 107 Clay Drive. Thanks to our friends at Berea Pond. Um, you want, Philip, you want to go or you want me to do my thing first? Man, I, I don't want your sponsor to get mad at me for my jokes. Uh, Aaron will not get <laughs> no, mad. No, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. All right, Aaron, here you go. So the uh, young boy comes home from school and he says, Dad, we learned two words today in school that I don't know the words. Can you help me out? He said, yes, son, I can. What are your words? He said, well, the son, or he said, Dad, my words that I got to learn are potentially and realistically. He said, okay, go to your mom and ask her if she would sleep with Antonio Banderas for a million dollars. Then you go to your sister and ask her if she'd sleep with Justin Bieber for a million dollars. Get your answers and report back. So the boy goes to mom. Mom says, hell yeah. <laughs> goes to the daughter. Daughter says, hell yeah. So he comes back says, dad. Both of them said, hell yeah. But I don't know the difference between potentially and realistically. He said, son, potentially, we're sitting on $2 million. He said, but realistically, we have a couple hoes in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, it's pretty great. Thanks, Bill. I like it. All right, so Berea Pond, if you hated that joke, go to Berea Pond. If you love that joke, go to Berea Pond. <laughs> I love uh, it. And, and I've got the, yeah, it was, it was funny. And the Bad Wolf Gaming Top 10 list. And this, 
Uh, I wanted to make it extra liberal since Philip was here. So we've got the <laughs> top 10. We have a little, little takeoff on the Letterman old top 10 list. Top 10 uh, worst things about being a white man. Because it's hard. It's hard being a white man. And these are the top 10 worst things about being a white man. Number 10, all the reverse racism. It is hard. <laughs> Number nine, the top 10 worst things about being a white man. Number nine, the 10% tax if you withdraw anything early from your 401k. <laughs> Bullshit. Number eight, when I say let's go, Brandon, and nobody laughs out loud. <laughs> Number seven, when all the TV commercials feature people who are gay and look different than me. Makes me mad. <laughs> Top this 10 worst, worst things about being a white man. Number six, when you try to help a woman by telling her what to do with her body and she gets all uppity about it. <laughs> Number five, sometimes the Hello Fresh is a day late. Mm-hmm. Number four, uh, new Toby Keith album, not as good as we'd hoped. <laughs> Number three, at a Trump rally, and he won't stop talking about toilets flushing. What's up with the flushing toilets at the Trump rallies? Number two, all-you-can-eat shrimp at Red Lobster only lasts a month. And, of course, the number one worst thing about being a white man, sometimes police give you a stern warning. <laughs> that is the worst. That so, is yeah. horrible. Yeah. So thank you so much uh, to our sponsors, Philip. Absolutely, Absolutely Philip. We got to do this man. again, man. We do have to you do guys this are again. Amazing. A- you're, you're gracious host. Thank you guys so much a for pleasure. The our pleasure, okay. truly. All right, guys, check us out on Facebook. If you want a shirt, just tell me. I'll give you a damn shirt. Uh, <clears throat> thanks to Troy at Front Porch Studios. Thanks to Nate at Stove Leg Media. Give us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever the hell you can do that. Like us on Facebook. Thanks a lot and have a great week. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.